Welcome back again to the Heavy Shell Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Richards, and with me, as always, I'm happy to have Luca. Hello. And Moose. Hello. We got a mixed bag for you today. We got a few things going on in the news. Not the biggest video game news week. Uh, myself, personally, I haven't been able to keep much up with the new... Uh, see, well, okay, I'm already stuttering. Here's why. I'm in Texas, and if you've heard, we're kind of going under a winter apocalypse. Because we don't have proper infrastructure. And so that means I'm low on food and water. And so I'm slower than usual. So forgive me if I die during the podcast. But um, I'm trying not to do that today. Uh, Luca and Moose are going to carry it on. And uh, yeah, we I think it's been interesting playing like a survival game IRL. You know, I've learned some things. I feel like I could be a consultant to some survival game devs now because I've survived the last couple days with low food and water and no heat. Also, I'm very familiar with the physics of cars sliding on ice now. So I could contribute that to video games for sure. There you go. uh, Yeah. And, And tell us when you get like a, cool new gear or something like that or when you upgrade your base um, or if you get raided if you get raided let us know oh man i thought i was gonna get raided at one point people were looking at my car suspicious i was like oh no don't do it i don't i don't have food in here um <laughs> no you, you don't understand man like you know once you get to that high level stuff you basically are the food come on well like at one oh, point gosh at one point i whipped out my um big ipad and people were looking like, cause like, it looked like I was just living the life of luxury, you know, cause everyone just has their, um, just their phones and stuff. And I'm like in my car with this like 12 inch iPad, big old screen, just watching TikToks. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they were like, it's almost like they were saying like, now's not the time for TikTok. You're supposed to be in survival mode. I'm like, I'm sustaining myself through memes. Okay. <laughs> the memes keep me warm. So, yeah. Luckily enough, I have power now. That's why we're able to do this podcast. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy that we can get together and do this on, on time, just in time. Just got power yesterday night. And uh, now we can get the show off. Now, funnily enough, in between now and then, we had to cancel a podcast last week due to uh, just scheduling issues. And... uh the story kind of picks up where we left off with Google Stadia. Last time we said, is this the beginning of the end for Google Stadia? Well, today we're here to tell you that Google Stadia is being sued. So uh, it feels right on time. Like we never, like we never missed a beat. And so apparently they're being sued because of their lack of performance in what was advertised. Which I kind of feel like Moose called it, or he's always called it with this kind of stuff, with streaming services and everything, because you have this understanding with your internet and everything that like it's it's not always going to be <laughs> the best. And so I imagine people in like Moose's internet market and other places of varying internet speeds, you're only going to enjoy Google Stadia if you're in like the creme de la creme network areas like Google Fiber and AT&T Fiber. Everyone else, it's like 10 megabits up or down. You can't be streaming. Basically, yeah. You can't be streaming fighting games or FPS games with that kind of ping, you know? Yeah, if I, if I want to have a good streaming connection, I need to make the hamsters run a little bit faster downstairs, you know? Mm-hmm. And you know, and treats it, are expensive nowadays. They, they, they aren't as easily motivated to increase the voltage. <laughs> the voltage of the Wi Fi? full power yeah mm. your what your wi-fi isn't part hamster wheel operated part gasoline operated oh no dude i use uh like camping fuel you know we have all these like weird little uh generators uh sterling you know engines you know yeah. heat differential and stuff right different if i want to stream you know? i've got to i've got to be biking as well i have a bike generator to keep things running uh dude i mean you're really operating the boonies there i don't know about that 
Yeah, that's that's how Wi-Fi works. <laughs> of course, of course. More voltage, uh, more Wi-Fi. Not actually. But, uh, that's a joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically what's happened is I mean, I, I believe we were very suspicious of this pretty much the whole time, like Wes said, where Google it, it seems like like I was hopeful Google... for like what could come of this of like will this propel us into a new interesting corner but also like they're kind of getting off the line kind of early because like the internet infrastructure hadn't caught up but mm-hmm. Moose yeah. was pretty much skeptical from the get-go yeah well, you, you I, might be able to I, tell I just was, maybe I was I think not very cautiously optimistic is the right way to put it because the thing about it is I think Moose is always basically right where it's like there's no way this can. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not ready to yeah. say that. There's no, there's I'm not no ready way this to can say work. That. Let's calm down. There's no way this can work on on Boonies Internet, and a lot of the country has Boonies Internet, let alone other countries, right? That said, I was optimistic about there being a potential market for this, and we might be able to get into that if we have time. But basically, the crux of the lawsuit, if I am not mistaken, is Google not being entirely honest with um the performance you are going to get out of the service especially on slower internet connections uh and yeah arguably a lot of times they're blatantly dishonest yeah a lot you of times yeah, they're promising they're... 4k and i don't think anyone's had 4k unless for except for the journalists that have tested it um on specialized Google telling lies <gasps> i know it's crazy it's, it's never been done um the thing yeah. is and the thing is, I think that it's kind of an extra burn to this that instead of like, oh, well, not good service, just cancel your subscription. Like, if Netflix is no longer good, you don't think, well, it's time to sue Netflix, right? You just cancel your Netflix for a month or so until there's another good show. You say if. On. Say what? Um, you say if, if Netflix is no longer good. <laughs> yeah, that enough. was a that was a jab at Netflix. No. I the thing with Sadia, my my um thing on this is that I think it would have gone a long way if they didn't have this stupid like you gotta get the controller to play it kind of thing. And just gone more like the Xbox or like Xbox, you just get any controller and then you can stream through whatever devices. That's what they're going with, right? But Stadia, you got to get this controller. So it's like a $69 investment. And then you still got to play the games. It's Which I, I, I would point out that I don't really understand why there would be any need for the controller. Um, why you couldn't just use literally any other aftermarket, like like third-party controller that could Bluetooth to your phone or your computer or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. But basically, the, the long and short of it is that they're saying that they quote-unquote greatly exaggerated uh, the performance and so on because even um, thinking about it now like i definitely 100 percent would have given a shot to um google sadia even down the cyberpunk area if i didn't have to go out and buy a controller because then i would yes, have saw it yeah, as like yeah. game pass or any other subscription service i just go to stadia.com si- subscribe and then been playing i would have been playing out. just like that but that controller for me personally I could, um, I imagine same thing for a lot of people. I just couldn't get past that. Well, here's here's uh to further sort of drive that home. When you try, okay, what's a major streaming service? Amazon, for instance, Amazon uh, Prime Video, I think it is, mm-hmm. right? Amazon Prime, I'm almost positive, gives you a 30 day free trial. A lot of streaming services will give you a 30 day free trial, and you literally cannot have that if you're having to spend. or whatever it is on a controller. Um, And to me, that just seemed like a bad business idea, you know, Um, because this is the people are naturally going to be skeptical, skeptical about this. It's new. It's untested. It seems sort of fantastic uh, as a claim, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, why they decided to make it that people had to drop a not inconsiderable number of of, uh, dollars on this. To even try it, I don't quite get, but um, I will say that the reactions and reviews to Sadie have not been all bad, right? If you have good internet and, you know, you're a little bit lenient on your, your resolution and FPS, 
uh, it actually seems to have pretty good responses as a sort of on-the-go gaming thing. Um, I heard a lot of reports that it ran uh, Cyberpunk very well, or, well, pretty well, better than a lot of people could run it. So that reflects well on it. On the other hand, they've, as I think we covered a week before last, uh, they've shut down their in-house games development sort of department. And now they're getting sued. And I, I've i seen uh, articles about statements from them where they're assuring that, no, 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 it's not dead, guys. It's not dead. It's not looking too good, I'm going to be honest. You know? Yeah, this, uh, this news does come to capstone three weeks of bad thing after bad thing uh they shut down studios and then um the head developer of terraria uh andrew spinks officially cut ties with stadia saying that terraria was never going to come to stadia because they ignored him for three weeks uh when he was locked out of his google account (laughs) um which for a game that has sold over 30 million copies you'd think stadia would like to get in on that market uh, apparently not enough so it's it's just been every single week a new bad thing happens to stadia and let's talk about some more bad things actually <laughs> while i'm thinking about it a big criticism has been lack of titles right um which once again seems like a really odd issue to have now i will say they're supposed to be having like ton something like a hundred new titles coming to it i want to say that's what they say i wouldn't be surprised that's what they say once it gets cut in half that's what they say um but you would think they wouldn't have trouble their google you know that they're the big boy that you know like one of the largest companies in the world what it's like are you asleep at the wheel what are you doing you know um so odd uh bad bad launch question mark bad uh, bad decisions made i would argue personally um and like we said a couple this of days for google stadia rough couple of days quote unquote weeks there we go but i mean you know the whole podcast is not going to be harping on stadia no. but i i take i take pleasure in making fun of it when i can I'm very cynical about these sorts of things. Yeah, we uh, we basically pick that up to to keep you updated on the situation because this has been something that I think we've basically been talking about uh, off and on every for, every once in a while yeah. since it was announced. Because you know, it's I would argue that the potential of being able to stream games is one of the most interesting developments in gaming in the last couple of years. And Personal. it is a technology that's kind of taking on other aspects, as we talked about um, on the last podcast. So, you know, it's not it's not totally abandoned. Uh, Google's attempt, though, it's definitely on a timer. I, I, I <laughs> yeah. think that's kind of obvious now. Yeah. Speaking of things on a timer, and this was not a segue, um, <laughs> MetaHumans is something that's coming out from Unreal Engine. And the reason why I mentioned the timer thing is I was looking, I was just looking into more details behind this of what makes this special and uh, what MetaHumans is. MetaHumans, essentially those really high-end graphic design, character designs you see to where it's like they try to get photorealistic characters. Like, like the hyper-realistic. Like hyper-realistic, yeah. Um, that kind of stuff used to take like back in the day, like Pixar beginning, they would have entire render farms of multiple computers going to render these things, right? And it would take weeks. And then it became days. Well, with MetaHuman, you can get it done within an hour. And And they're going to make this app available to your everyday person. And they're going to give you, they've kind of gamified it of what it seems where it looks like a character custom creation screen from the sims but it's with hyper realistic um characters i I have a question about this and 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 i should mention like very fine adjustment i i I want to clarify like very fine facial adjustment yeah it's it's no sims although um david you're right in saying that it's it's a very 
game-like user interface for changing the hair and adjusting the facial structure. Um, but my question, and this isn't necessarily something that I saw in my very cursory look at the uh, the video showing it off on the webpage, is does anyone know if this is supposed to be for animators or if this is supposed Both. to be, or, or if this is going to be sold like to game developers as like, hey, if you want a really easy character customization, slap slap this MetaHumans program into it. It'll be bada given bing, to boom. game developers, really not just game developers, anyone who wants to mess with it. So animators, game devs, whoever, people just prototyping. It's just going to be in like the suite of the regular Unreal Engine stuff that anyone can download and mess with for now for free. And there's loads of free assets. This is just going to be just another advancement of that tool. And uh, now, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Like, and, all, like all things considered, because like I know people want to shit on Epic all the time because of Fortnite and all that stuff, but they're doing this stuff all the time. And like they're going to just, there's a lot of games that are built off of Unreal Engine that people know and love, but they don't realize that that's because Epic made that happen, you know? Yeah. And now they're giving us something like this for the ones who are already savvy on this kind of stuff. And I will be able to get a lot farther faster with this new technology, but just the way they've been smart, they've smartly have kind of gamified it in the um, UI and everything. That's going to make your everyday person be able to get in there much faster to kind of start poking around and be inspired and like, Hey, maybe even from like the presets they have make someone that looks like them. And then all of a sudden you have yourself in the rig in a, in an animation rig that you can start animating in unreal engine. Yeah. I'm going to be, do, do you have any idea how much you? that would cost? Like in before, like you would, you would need to be like a Disney studio to have that kind of stuff in the past. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a an incredible, like, I guess to use the term kind of loosely, an incredible, like, democratization of this technology. It's just fucking for everyone now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, you know, you're saying, like, people going in there making themselves. I'm like, homie, let's be honest. Everyone's going to go in there and make their waifu. You yeah, know? I was going to say, everyone's <laughs> going to have, like, the anime version of themselves. Okay, so that actually, in a, in a tangential way, connects to a concern that I have about this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you are a smaller company, not even a smaller company, if you are a company and you're not completely focused on your character customization as like an aspect of your game, you, you do the best you can. Um, and usually what that means is you have a character creation system that works according to, you know, the times it was constructed in and generally fits the visual aesthetic of the game. But it's not its not that it isn't realistic or as realistic as it could be, but it often fails to put on appropriate bounds to what you can do, allowing for some hilarity when you stretch and manipulate your character's bone structure into looking like uh, a more, more of a banana than a human skull. Mm-hmm. My concern is that as this technology advances, the concern of the developers is to make realistic-looking humans. When some people, like me, enjoy the opportunity to create horrid abominations that are an affront to nature in their games. <laughs> Do you see where I'm coming from with this? Okay, mm-hmm. I, I, I get where you're coming from, and I think that is... Well, an interesting concern to bring up, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think I, many I think, people will have this concern. <laughs> I think that, um, as it stands now, there are sort of two directions for things to go. Um, that is to say that that, or I think I think there's a reason you see that because there are games like Cyberpunk that, like, yes, everyone talked about how great the character customization was. It's not it was that kind good. Of, it's not it was kind that of poopy. Good. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Excuse I don't, my like, French. People. People. I think got dazzled by like how, like, yes, you can make a wide variety of faces in some sense, and yes, they looked good. But you can you put those little metal adjust, tech lines on it. For instance, you could not adjust the cheekbones whatsoever, or like the general shape of the head, which meant that you could only really. Wait. Wait. Are we talking so, about cyberpunk? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but yeah. I'm, see, I'm, I blacked I'm, out. I'm working my way back because into I'm it. traumatized from that game because it it robbed me from my life. But go on. Yeah. So you can I want go my, down. I should be paid as a QA tester. Not even joking. I'm looking into options. Like I think a lot of the games where you end up with these sorts of like ridiculous um, levels of ability to create these absurd uh, inhuman characters. I I feel like that a lot of times stems from like not wanting to put too much limitation or just sort of being easier to not limit things, right? Um, because you know, how would you say? Basically, you can make it so you can't do that and have things kind of restricted, and all the characters are gonna look pretty good, like in Cyberpunk, right? But it limits how much you can sort of mess around with what the character looks like. And I feel like if a company has any concern for wanting to let players make a, a, have a lot of variability in how they can make their character look in like a real sense, you know, like with fine adjustment to any extent, starting to set practical boundaries introduces in like practical boundaries on what people can look like like oh that doesn't look realistic actually kind of adds a layer of complexity that makes it becomes impractical to do so i don't know that there's actually that much incentive other than the endless obsession in the gaming world for making real realistic graphics which is impressive but that is seemingly the, the direction that everyone's been very um focused on for quite a number of years uh, so other than that, I don't know that there's actually that much incentive to go in that direction. Do, do you kind of get what I mean? I hope you're right. I, I, I hope that this doesn't usher in an age of no fun characters because so what, what, what comes to mind for me b- above anything else is looking at the, the WWE game franchise, which it's not a very, it's not, it's, it's a pretty crappy franchise. It's been like consistently low quality for the past, like six years or something like that Mm -hmm. but one of the things that almost like hallmarked its degradation was more restrictive character customization options which for some games matters less but if your game is third person which wwe kind of is and if it's like an arena fighting game or some kind where other people can bring in their fighters you know, having some crazy looking people creates the possibility for a fun time. Um, and so th- this also applies with games like Soul Calibur Six, which, um, of course, you- you've probably heard about how cool that character customization system is. It's awesome. People are making like Mr. Krabs and stuff like that. And it's yeah. just it's a it's a fun element to the game that I don't think all games should have. You know, I would I would be a little bit worried if it was like Call of Duty. Mega Operation Secret Zone 4. And, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants with an RPG. Not a fan of that idea. Doesn't fit the tone. But for some games, I'm like, man, let me let me make something kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got you. Especially games where you're in third person. Especially Though those. people hate it, that's why I like Fortnite. Because it, they set the right tone in the beginning. They can go in a lot more directions. Where, like, it just feels wrong when you're playing Call of Duty. And you have like a hot pink MP5. It's like, that's not, no. This is not a tactical color. I call this MP5 Skull Reaper. It's got a unicorn sticker. And so, yeah, um, basically. I mean, no, that's just an accurate no, description. Nothing that's against a, people who like that pink. That is the way of Call of Duty. Nothing against people who like pink. It's just Call of Duty went through that really weird time to where they were doing like everything was neon this, neon that. And like they had. They actually had animation to make your Call of Duty guy twerk. And it's like, that's no, oh, no, this is, okay. what is it, tactical twerking? What's going on? Um, and it just, I, and I just didn't, didn't touch Call of Duty for years. Now, tactical twerking available for pre order now. Exactly. Use promo like, code like Twerkinator. Exclusive. 20% off. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, to, to wrap up on the, on the metahuman stuff. How would you say that's pretty neat? <laughs> it is pretty neat. I think that's like the most appropriate thing. It's like, oh, oh, I remember neat. what I was going to ask. Um, did you, do either of you guys ever use EA's game face feature? 
No. Did you ever hear? No. Did you ever hear is, about it? Is that no. where it would scan your so, face and try so to put before, it in game? Before EA just said, "Screw it, We're, they're going to pay money to us either way, no matter how little we try." They started taking away the cool features. EA Game Face was one of them, and they used to actually let you upload logos to customize your own football teams and all that stuff. And they took all that away. But with Game Face, what it would do is that you would take a picture from the front and the side, upload it to their servers, and then you would map to the actual screen um, of your pictures what your face would look like. And if you just took the time to get it right, it pretty much looked like you or at least someone related to you. It was pretty friggin' sweet and awesome. Now, if they could do that with two pictures and um, dots... On a mapping, I want to know if Unreal Engine has anything planned to where if you can just upload your face from two different angles, or maybe three, or up, down, who knows, lighting, whatever, and then if they could then, because look, we have things on the phones right now. I don't know the technology, because I'm too dehydrated to think straight, but uh, we have the technology, I know what it's called. To where it does like the laser depth, it can see the depth of your face. On like that's on your phones. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, th- I think I do. Um, um, yeah, no, I know. I, uh, so yeah. if we could just get a file with that data that reads the depth of your face, mm-hmm. I don't see why we can't slap that bad boy right into the Unreal Engine file, and then you have yourself uploaded just like that. I can just imagine people like, uh, 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 okay, there's a tradition on this podcast of every once in a while seeing like a, you know, a new thing or some like great idea, you know, and just immediately running into left field and going, how could this go terribly wrong? Um, oh, God. <laughs> and I'm going to engage in that proud tradition today. Um, and what I'm imagining Time is people. Time honored tradition. Exactly. Uh, I, I can just so clearly see people up like doing this scanning the face and things and then just tweaking their face and obsessing over like all of the features of themselves that they don't like and like creating this idealized version of themselves you know like i I can so clearly see that happening oh god what do you think i thought you were gonna say making them do like the imposter sus face or something like that but your yours is a lot more well, Realistic, I think for I my, for, well, I guess it's a matter of like, how can they get a hold of the file? Because if you look at um, what I'm talking about, you would have to get the picture of your, you'd have to take the picture of yourself, you know? Yeah. From your phone. It's not like someone can rob that data from like another picture they pull from Facebook, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Like, I, I'm, I'm saying that, like, people would upload stuff of themselves and they'd, like, look at their own face and, like, try and fix it and obsess over the things that, like, the features themselves. Oh, for some reason, like. I thought I thought you said other people taking other people's pictures and then no, be no, like, no, no. here's how you could look if you had better genetics, you know, something like that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, people doing it to themselves, you know, because, yeah. like, I mean, I've seen I've seen people do this with Photoshop. Mm-hmm. you know um and generally they're not very good with photoshop and they've lost all sense of objectivity right and so they just create some terrible monstrosity and they're like women would like me if i look like this and i'm like no they wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't that's terrifying because you spend all that time on photoshop instead of developing a personality uh, hey here's the real horror people just straight use these hyper advanced cg models that they create and it's just becomes them. Like they post them on Instagram. They post them oh, on no. Facebook. That's already think started happening with VTubers. It. Yeah, exactly. Think about it. You could combine that with that like yeah, really you know advanced VTubers. I'm, about- I'm sorry, well, guys, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. going to – you know what, Moose? Thank you. That's my career path. I'm going to just upload this bad boy um, with my face in there, and I'm just going to do uh, VTubing. Are you going to become like an anime girl VTuber? No, no, no. Yeah, I'm no, that's what, no, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the new I'm, age I'm gonna, VTuber. I'm going to become an attractive female VTuber, and I'm I'm going to get all of the followers. But yeah, no, I can I can also see that happening. I mean, that, that would be an interesting way for this to go. Um, if anyone doesn't know what which, a VTuber is, I'm going to go ahead and uh, drop a name now. There's one called Iron Mouse. She's very funny, and it's very worth your while. If you're going to look into what is a VTuber, 
she's one that's not that not a waste of time. Um, Basically, there are two types there: her and weebs. <laughs> but she uh, like like if there were like a professional standard I, of like comedic VTubers, like that would be Iron Mouse is what I can think of. So if you want to look into it, that's one worth checking out. Pretty funny. Um, anyway, before so, we go so, into so, the, so not uh, too dystopian. You guys are getting better at this. You I'm know, I'm thinking I'm, I'm thinking of worse stuff as you're saying this. What's up? I'm thinking of, of of how this could go terribly wrong as you're saying ah not too dystopian. I'm like oh god systematic like like you know disassociation with our own face as we continuously see ourselves as this idealized version on the internet and then we look in the mirrors. Because anyway. you know like uh, they they already have like face swap apps where yeah. you can just take your face and put it on like a person in a movie scene or something. When you mm. when when they use that technology to like upload the depths of your face and everything, and if everything's moved to a standard of everything looks animated, or maybe I don't know, there's just so much to go through. We can go on forever. Um, it's a young adult dystopian novel in the making. I'm yeah, sure exactly, exactly. Yeah, miss. Let's uh, let's write this. Come on. <laughs> now, um. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to think, is there ever such a thing as Bitcoin dystopia to have a segue? But I can't think of it. So we're going to move right uh, into... Cyber, uh, not cyberpunk. Cyberpunk, cyberpunk, something about a cross with... Um, oh, crap. Why can't I remember the name of the game? Bioshock. There we go. Are you having a stroke? I am also having a stroke. <laughs> Moving on. Um, NVIDIA. NVIDIA, yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's settle this. Is it NVIDIA or NVIDIA? Moose, you're the tiebreaker. Is it NVIDIA or NVIDIA? I always say NVIDIA. NVIDIA? Yeah. Chat, does anyone can, have any I input? See, Is it NVIDIA? I, can see the argument I can't, the other I way, can't ask the chat because they're just going to type out NVIDIA and it's going to be the same <laughs> word. Okay, if it's uh, NVIDIA, type 1. If it's NVIDIA, type 2. Problem I like solved. the idea that they Big type brain. out NVIDIA. Yeah, it's and like, we no, just, it's this. I'm like, we ah. just choose how to interpret it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anyway. NVIDIA. There, we're all agreed. And it's GIF, not Jif. Yeah. Jif is peanut butter. There we go. Or is hey, that Jeff? We're solving problems left and right here. We D- know how to pronounce words. So, um, Moose, what's going Not Moose. Luca, what's going on with NVIDIA? Uh, basically, uh, they have... How to put this? So, in case you are unaware... um. Crypto mining has completely um, made a mingy kamumbus of the of the uh, graphics card market. That is to say, it, it has destroyed it, decimated it, uh, you know, screwed the whole thing up, right? And NVIDIA is trying to alleviate this as an issue. And you might be saying, what does crypto mining have to do with graphics cards? Well, basically, um, and I'm not an expert on this. But long story short, it is more efficient to use GPUs than CPUs to mine cryptocurrency, right? Um, And there's a lot of money to be made in mining certain cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin, obviously, though I seem to understand that uh, Ethereum Ethereum, uh, Mm -hmm. is the big one sort of right now to mine and driving up demand for graphics cards. Um, And so because you can make money mining it, it's worth your while to buy the graphics cards because, you know, that's an investment to make a profit. Thus, there's a huge demand for these graphics cards from miners because they need, you know, quite a few of them, right? Um, Because there's a lot of competition for mining, right? Mm -hmm. And so that has put a very high demand on what had been a relatively niche-ish or lower demand market where people just wanted them for gaming, right? And this has, of course... Not been so good for the gamers, right? Uh, to add sort of more fuel to the situation. We're in the situation where everyone's stuck at home. More people are, are gaming. Um, and so that's put even more stress on things. Not to mention, you know, just global supply lines and everything being kind of iffy, right? Or, well, iffier, you know, months ago. But you get what I mean, right? Um, and so NVIDIA has sort of decided to address this. Uh, and the way they've done that is that they've said that their upcoming RTX 3060s will kind of be nerfed uh, specifically for crypto mining. Um, 
And basically they've done this by, I believe, like lowering the hash rate, question mark. Um, again, I'm not... Something technical. They technical stuff electricity and goblins into it in the yes, right areas. exactly, exactly. See, that that's a good way of putting it. Um, and the other thing is that it's supposedly going to be able to detect when it's being... The card is being used to mine Ethereum and make it less efficient. Eh? You know? Um basically <laughs> basically they've they've nerfed the cards, right? For that specifically. For gaming, they're fine. Right? You know, like perfectly fine. That 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 is what they're designing these cards to do. Right? And you might go, well, why would they do that? You know? Because why do they care? Uh like they're still selling cards. Who cares who buys them, right? Um, well, there's a couple different theories on that. It's got to do, you know, people are saying it's got to do with con- being concerned over, like, the company's reputation or, like, the loyalty of their customer base or what's going to happen when uh, the crypto bubble pops and a bunch of uh, cards basically secondhand get onto the market because... Crypto miners are like, well, I got to recuperate some costs, so I'll sell my cards to the gamers since it's not profitable anymore or right now. Um, different theories, probably a little bit of various things. But the other side of this is that they are basically releasing a series of cards orient- oriented for mining in particular, right? So they're kind of trying to give the best of both worlds um, and offer you know the gamers their cards and the miners their cards and have them both be optimized for what they're for right um and i i don't think there is any gamer around uh who isn't going to be pleased with this or or um unless they're minor um at, at least like appreciate the effort right mm-hmm but that raises the question of, is this going to work? Because from my understanding, miners go in and, and sort of mess with the cards, uh, like customize them, overclock them, uh, make them more efficient for mining. Um, and, you know, there's some speculation of, you know, how long is it going to take them to get around these limitations? Um, with the, how high the demand is, even if, you know, there's some speculation that it'll still be worth their time to get them, especially when you consider that they can recuperate costs in a way mm. that they can't with mining specific cards. Um, and so it's a little bit. So you're thinking they um, might still, like, even though they've made these efforts, they're still going to try to take from the gamer's pool, I guess, if you will, of um, cards? Yeah. The, it, from what I can tell, from what I've read from people who seem to know more about this than I do, it, it, the the general sentiment seems to be, we don't know yet how effective this will be, but there are reasons to um, be a, at least a little bit skeptical that this will solve the issue. You know, it might alleviate it to some extent, but... Um, one concern I've seen no one bring up is, okay, let's say, you know, the situation is, you know, NVIDIA can produce, let's say, 3 million cards. Yeah, I'm picking that number out of thin air. If they split it 50-50, that doesn't change the number of cards they produce. And I, I know that there are certain elements to the mining strip cards um, that aren't there because they're not necessary, like video ports and stuff. Um, but I, I, I don't know... Like it, it raises a question of, is it, is it, is introducing a second line of cards orientated specifically for mining potentially going to lower the supply of the gaming cards? If you do, like I, I see I don't what you're know. saying. Like, cause like I mean, but it's they're going to be spending time you know? on manufacturing those cards. Yeah, unless they've resources. opened up a new factory or additional lines. We're going to get nipped in, like, we're going to get hurt somehow on this? Like, well, I, I mean, even, uh, like, even, even, it, even if, like, it still is ultimately better, it, it, like, that is just another reason why it might not be as clean a solution as it might seem from a headline. Um, 
Now, uh, go on. All right, this is bold. You get some people to buy uh, uh, 3D printed, maybe like manufactured bitcoins that are like physical coins, right? And you get them to bury those underground. <laughs> then you replace Bitcoin I'm doing mining that squint with meme right real now. Bitcoin mining. Okay, no need for GPUs, no need to start fires by having 4,000 computers running at the same time. No, you get your pickaxe, you get your shovel, all right? Mm -hmm. You go out into the field, you hit the dirt for a little bit, you find a Bitcoin. (laughs) I see what you're doing. I get it now. Replace the digital mining with actual mining. Physical labor goes up. Price of GPUs goes down. This, this reminds a- me of so many political policies I've seen uh, pushed, but I'm not going to get into that because we're a gaming podcast. Is this just an premise for cryptocurrency? <laughs> um, now uh, sure. I see I see Fogmine <laughs> in, in chat saying miners just buy the most cost efficient card no matter what. Exactly right. Like um, if it basically. It, the market but will they stop are not... though? Like once they buy, like what they see is, yeah. I don't know what. Like, like, I, like I'd it... have to know how they calculate. Like the the ones made for miners, if the turnaround is this much, but then the other ones, it's just a little bit different. Like they're still to the point where they might as well be in the same cost efficiency range, that they don't see any difference in them. You know. Well, not only that, but even if even if for whatever reason. Like the, uh, like even if the mining orientated ones are more efficient for mining, you still have to factor in the resale value of the gaming ones, and also there's a certain level of like, okay, well, let's say they can get you know, um, fifty or whatever, uh, like of the mining orientated ones, but it's still sort of. And and they are better than the uh, gaming orientated ones, but they can only get fifty, and they can get fifty more with the gaming ones. Is there any reason to think that they wouldn't just pick up both? I don't. Again, I don't know for sure, but I, I don't particularly see why not. You know, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it's an interesting development. It's interesting to see. NVIDIA um, acknowledge this issue and because it's it's like one of those things like it's like an idea you see on Reddit where someone's like God why can't they just do this and then like oh yeah okay we'll do that it's like wait what cool yeah appreciate it (laughs) yeah I I would say even if it doesn't um, work out super smoothly I still appreciate that they they tried you know that they tried something mm-hmm. um because this definitely is not a a tough nut to crack and on top of that there's not actually a super short or super clear short-term incentive for them to even try to crack the nut in the first place so thanks bro you know mm-hmm. like cool um any thoughts no, I'm just saying same thing. It's like it's nice. Well, I hope it pans out the way they plan. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, because I've already moved on to the trend of, because I got my PC now. Like I bought it as a pre-built with the intention of modularly doing upgrades from there, and I've done a little bit. Um, but I've found it, and we've talked about this before. I found it much easier to just buy another pre-built because it has the cards. Already, because well, yeah, they have deals the with manufacturers. Yeah. So hopefully this will give some wiggle room for those who like to upgrade on their own and customize, you know. That would be great for them. But for me, like, like there's one company I want to go with, and they seem to always have the latest and greatest every time. So if anything, it just helps their stock inventory more. So, but yeah. Um, Moose, any thoughts? Any thoughts on the whole... Bitcoin mining, or I guess in this case, Ethereum mining situation? No. no. Okay. I don't know anything about it. I don't like it because um, I don't like having to pay high price for a thing 
but you know <laughs> that's not that's not a very deep analysis well also um, like to I me mean, for nuanced opinions it seems please it, try another time it seems interesting at first when i first heard about it but then when i found out like yeah people setting up entire farms and sometimes it gets on fire i'm like is it the best way to be making money then there might be other ways to go about this but who knows um, well hey you know if if you ever are in need of a white noise generator, just spend $10,000 on a Bitcoin mining farm. Fair enough. Just hear those fans. Uh, God. Um, I mean, the buying cost is incredible, but I imagine the profit's quite high. So, you know. See, I would, I would want to just take that money that it costs to buy like a Bitcoin farm or whatever and just have a beast of a PC where I don't ever drop below 140 frames per second. Actually, I only have to, no, let's, I'm going to go 360 frames per second, just because. I've seen it that, somewhere That's before. how high we're going on this. Hmm? 360 frames per second, minimum. minimum. I want 420. 420. Fair enough, sir. Fair enough. The, right, the gamer laugh, number. Everyone. The most gamer number. Anyway. So, so now we're kind of getting to... um to I guess less industry news and more individual news right mm-hmm. because um, this is something that I'm interested and in that Fogmine did ask about in the chat mm-hmm. um, Valheim new up and coming game over what 3 million copies sold now in yeah. just over 2 weeks yeah I think there's something to it um, it caught my eye naturally I was just going through Steam and I was like huh what is that um, now I, I was trying to find, cause um, people who know me, I've been trying to find anything that is kind of like Minecraft, but not Minecraft. No offense to Minecraft. I just, unless I got the proper shaders, it's, I, I hate playing the game cause it looks hideous to me unless I get all the proper <laughs> lighting, you know? Um, and so Valheim, obviously much different game than Minecraft is not going to be nearly as modular, but, uh, it caught my attention and I, I hit up Luca I'm like, yo, you down? Like, whether you're down or not, I'm buying this. Just know that. And uh, I've had some fun with it. Fogmine actually built me a nice little humble home on the little server that I'm working with right now. And uh, then I started, like, just as I was getting into it naturally, I'm starting to see things left and right popping up on TikTok and other websites of people being like, you know, Valheim is like, it's, it's cocaine. This is like the latest greatest like a game addiction i've had you know essentially people saying things like they would about fall guys or among us and things like that now what's interesting about this is um a lot of times when a game just kind of catches because recently we've been having tons of waves of things spiking in popularity Mm -hmm. um pretty frequently they're like they've been out for at least a little bit um fall guys wasn't like that fall guys was on release crazy big um and you know apex legends to an extent when that was really popular um but rust and among us uh you know and and even Fortnite, and then things like games that are more appreciated for esports they they take a little bit of time to get going um but valheim was released february 2nd so it's it's not that it's sold Three three million copies in sixteen days or seventeen days now. It's that it sold three million copies less than, well, yeah, less than three weeks after release. Like it is just out, and people are flocking to it. Um, and there was I no real marketing for hear anything it, about it. I remember before. Yeah, it just kind of just word of mouth. The last I mean, time we, I we saw this kind of for upcoming games and not seen anything about it. The last uh, time I saw this kind of uptick um, was The Last of Us. Interesting. Uh, and I but mean, then again, that, that could be the that, gaming that algorithms. Certain- that could be the gaming algorithms on the social media sites feeding me more of what I see because they show me Valheim once, I like it, and then they're just sending me more Valheim stuff for people talking about it. That could be the case. That could be. Um, but, I mean, I... I've seen quite a lot about it around, um, and I am not that into social media, so I don't think it would 
Like, I don't use it that often, but when I have been poking around, I've, I've seen the occasional thing about it. Uh, so, I don't know if the algorithms would necessarily be able, or, or, or rabbit hole me as quickly, because I don't really interact that much. Um, but, I mean, it, it, if it does have the same level of impact as The Last of Us, that will be pretty significant. Um, not to the level of Minecraft or Terraria or whatever, but still quite n- nothing to to sneer at, you know. Just to give it's an interesting. Example, um, Valheim, according to Google Trends, Valheim is gaining on Fortnite pretty fast, to where pretty much a month from now it'll be bigger than Fortnite if it sticks to the current trend. I would be dubious that it will. But, um, still, that is an impressive growth rate. And I, I think, uh, even sometime earlier this week, we had, uh, worked out that it had overtaken, was it Warzone that it had overtaken? That's what I'm looking up again now. It has overtaken Among Us, officially. And it has overtaken Warzone. And I was just gonna check Rust just cause, just cause that's like the latest hotness. All right. And it is overtaking Rust. It's like I can see the blip where Rust came back, but it's kind of not anymore a thing. Comparatively, then again, this chart's weird because I got like Fortnite and Minecraft on there, so like they're gonna skew the chart, you know. Part of me is wondering if um there is an element of uh like because it is a little bit like Rust, a little bit like the forest, you know that kind of well, genre. Ru- Rust had it's a lot of Twitch new. push. Recently. Yeah, exa- yes, yes. That that is a very cynical way to put it. Put it. It is nothing new. Um, it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's not like entirely. I would say it's not like a carbon copy of anything, but it's derivative of a lot of things. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, but, um, it, it, it reminds me a lot of Conan Exiles, mm. which wasn't a game that that caught very well. Um, in terms of like having some some more exploration and PVE focus and stuff like that, it's like every, every single feature. If you go onto the Steam page and you read the features list, like procedurally generated co-op PVE. Um, build and sail ships, summon bosses, house and base building system, item crafting. The a lot the features that it advertises, it's not like novel or anything like that, but it just it does it competently, and it's fun. Yeah. And I'll be honest, for this kind of survival exploration building, open world survival craft is what uh, the first tag on Steam is. For that kind of a game to just not be bad m- means it's it's pretty good. I mean, um, I, in a lot I, of people's eyes. I don't know if you um if you guys remember the forest, uh, but I I've played a decent um a uh, decent number of hours of it, and I I got it pretty close to when it released. Um, and it, it's a decently solid game. I'd I'd recommend it depending on what you're looking for. But I mean, it was a fucking hot mess when it released i think you know it released in like pre-alpha or whatever they wanted to call it right um uh like some like very early access style name um maybe it was just early access i don't quite remember but you know it was very rough whereas this is early access but it's pretty fucking solid you know like it's not particularly buggy it you know it could be improved but just the fact that it works is you know like you said in this genre that makes it pretty good i would say now you know if they keep putting more into it or even refining it further do you guys think that this could become what fortnite was to battle royales like fortnite quickly set like a standard and a lot of those early access type games like hey you got to finish your game now because uh like pencils down time is up I but. don't know that it I kind of I kind of see where you're coming from because if you look at a lot of the competition it has all of them are a little bit janky, a little bit flawed. 
um, a little bit kind of, it's almost like they've been around too long. They're too long in the tooth. You know, there's like, yes, there's a lot of development behind them, but they're built on a lot of, there's a lot of infrastructure there. Um, that's outdated or whatever, you know, it's, it's like when you, Mm -hmm. a city, you know, is like several hundred years old. And so the infrastructure is kind of fucky, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that's the uh, uh, that's the exact word they use. Term. That's Latin, actually. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's very much kind of like that. And if this could come along and, with enough speed, um, gain or like in- add new features and everything on a fresh infrastructure, I think there's a certain amount of potential there. Um, but I do wonder if there is enough resources but because i don't know much about this game but the fact that it just seemed to come out of the blue and i don't think it's from a particularly well-known studio and it was released for 25 dollars 30 dollars something like that 20 bucks i think right hmm? 20 bucks i don't know i can't remember so somewhere I, in that range, i just right? know very soon less after i wasn't 60, upset with my purchase so less than 60 dollars on steam in early acts that none of those things to me yeah, 20 bucks big just confirmed right and so i do wonder if they'll be able to um keep up with demand given they just sold a three million three million copies mm-hmm. 16 days yeah i mean it's a lot of copies i know? was just reading another headline so um, that's 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 not that's a good bit of money to work with you know i was just reading another headline it says val valheim has sold three million copies currently on track for world domination soon. <laughs> Which, honestly, My, timing um, with the podcast and how it's about to end goes right into our next bit of news. Um, oh, yeah. We're Take actually going to be starting a Valheim community server. And we're also going to be doing some community play around Rust, but I'm going to let Moose get into that a little bit. But um, as far as when we're going to get a Valheim server, uh, like I said, I'm... St- Currently still trying to survive the winter apocalypse that Austin, Texas is going through. And things are looking good today. The sun's shining. I hear ice melting. Literally, it's been thudding off the um, roof since we've been doing the podcast. And uh, so once I get my things in order, I should be able to get the the Heavy Shelf Community Valheim server up. Pretty sure it's going to be by Monday. I'm going to see if I can speed run it. And have it up by tomorrow night, Saturday. But expect all Monday right, is when we'll have the Valheim server. And of course, I'm going to announce that on Twitter. And I'll keep you guys up to date through Discord. What's going on with it. And because uh, I know a few people have voiced some. Or expressed that they want to play some Valheim. And we got some Fogmine wanting to play. I, I like Valheim. And pr- pretty much we're all down. I think we all want to play. And then uh, for some of those who kind of want some more community play, but not necessarily Valheim just yet, um, Moose, you had some things we want to do around Rust. Before, yeah, um, so this will be, of course, before we we're working on getting a Rust server at some point, but uh, we have some other ways to go about it, playing some Rust together. Go on, Moose. Yeah, so right now we do not have the community demand for Rust to where having our own private server like we would with Valheim um, like we're going to with Valheim, uh, that that isn't really feasible for Rust right now. Um, with with how many people you need on a Rust server to make it alive, with how how much you know, how many concurrent players you need to make it a fun experience. Um, so we have a pretty small group, and we are planning on orchestrating some times where we can all get on on the same server and play Rust as like a heavy shelf. Clan would be the the rust terminology for that. Exactly. Um, so just, you know, four to six of us together playing at the same time, sharing resources, building bases, fighting against tons of non-heavy shelf individuals, um, and hopefully winning against them. Um, and so because that would be hopping oh, on someone else's servers, we're not going to need to worry about setting that up. We can get that started as soon as we want, if we have the players for it. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Two two different ways to interact with other members of the Heavy Shelf community. Unless you don't have Valheim or Rust, then 
you just get to hear us have fun and you are behind a fence crying. No, no, no. actually reach out, tell us what you are playing and then we'll look into it. See if there's a community demand for it. Wait, yeah. you mean that people in Heavy Shelf have games and can play with one another if they're not Valheim and Rust? Yeah, they could even um, do the auto roll feature we have to where you can add your own role of what video game you like to play and then pretty much anyone else who has that role, you can just ping them and say, hey, who wants to play this? And then everyone else who's marked that down, they will get notified. And so we'll be setting that up for Valheim. Uh, Rust already has it. It's already in the auto roll. And uh, all that. Looking forward to it. I feel like I'm more prepared than all of you since I've been playing a survival game IRL all this past week. And I'm looking I'm looking forward to doing it in gaming instead because uh, it's been very cold. Very, very cold. So yeah, all that being said, thanks for those who dropped by in the chat um, uh, helping us figure out how to pronounce NVIDIA and GIF. Oh, I just said NVIDIA wrong. No! <laughs> well, all this for not. See yeah. you next week. Yeah. Appreciate you guys trying, but I'm, I messed it up. Uh, we will be here next week. Now, if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple, we record these live on twitch.tv slash Shelf. If you head on over there, you will also see in the panels below all the links to all of our goodies, our social media, our Discord, YouTube, and everything, archives of the podcasts on Apple and Spotify. All of that will be in the panels below. If you want to talk to us and uh, get in touch with us on our Discord, though those links will be in the panel as well. That's also mostly where you're going to get access to us the most and hear about stuff like the Valheim server when it's going live and things like that and other specific details that you will need. Again, for those of you who showed up today, greatly appreciate it, and we're happy to see you here. Look forward to seeing you again next week.